He been teaching me, now I get to teach y'all. Hallelujah, Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for who you are, Father. Father, right now we give you our mind. We give you our will, Father. We give you our heart, Father. Father, we give you permission to teach us, Father. We give you permission to lead us, to guide us. Father, we submit on this morning, Father, as your students, Father, as your disciples, Father, as your sons and daughters, Father, we submit, Father, that we can learn, Father, of your kingdom, of your glory, and of your son. Father, we give you permission on this morning, Father, to mature us, Father, raise us, Father, that we will receive our inheritance with honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want you guys to write those scriptures down or take a picture, whatever you need to do. Uh, we're going to come back to them throughout the teaching. Um, so we're still on the same series of the church, soul battles, and deliverance. Say the church. Come on, y'all. Say the church. There we go. That's better. Say soul battles and deliverance. Now, the church are the called out ones, the ones that have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. The calling out of the church happens in three phases. First, you are called out of darkness into the family. Say the family. Then you are called from the family into service. Say service. That is ministry. Then you are called from ministry or service into leadership. Say leadership. The father wants all of his children occupying the seven mountains. Whether it's media, whether it's arts and entertainment, whether it's government, whether it's education, whether it's economics, whether it's family, or whether it's in the church. Everybody has a call. You're called out of darkness into the family so you can mature. So you can go through the stages of sonship. Then, while you're doing that, you're called into service, into ministry, and to serve in your local assembly. Then, from there, he calls us into leadership. We all have a space in those seven mountains. Amen? But the issue is, is soul battles. Okay? Soul battles happen either by ignorance or by disobedience. Let's say that again. It either happens by ignorance or it happens by disobedience. We have these battles of our soul in which the Father says one thing, but then our flesh says another. Come on. Well, the Father says one thing, but the world says another. Come on, say amen. The flesh and the world are being governed by Satan. There is no gray area in, the, in spirituality. You are either in light 
or in darkness. The Bible said he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He didn't call us out of darkness and then placed us in a gray area. And then, you know, you got those who are in, in the middle ground. Some of us are in darkness, some of us are in light, and then some of us have a middle ground. We in darkness and light. Not so. Then we have deliverance. And deliverance is about us being removed from a thing and not a thing being removed from us. Okay, I can't have y'all thinking you're demon-possessed. Okay? <laughs> I can't have you thinking you're demonic, okay? We're not, you didn't show up today so we can pull devils out of you. You showed up today so we can put God in you. Amen? And the more of God that comes in you, demons ain't got no choice but to leave. Okay, the more light you put in a dark room, come on now. You can't put light in a dark room and dark, darkness still be there. You might see a shadow, <laughs> but you can see your way through the room. So, our first scripture on today, and we'll be coming from Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And we'll be doing from 13 to 26. And it reads, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? You're going to have to one day you're going to have to hear that conversation for yourself. Who do people say the son of man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? He needed to know because he's getting ready to build his church. In the building of his church, we need to know, Shombi, who he is. If we don't know who he is, when adversaries come to, okay, we don't know what to do. If we don't know who he is, when we're under pressure, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to respond. We don't know how to act. But when we know who he is, we know that we're joint heirs. Come on now. We know that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And so in verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah or the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Verse 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock or little rock. He says, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Amen. Okay. We the church, we are the church. So the powers of hell should not conquer us. Y'all gotta get louder than that. I need some enthusiasm. Come on now. Devil be louder than that in your head. Let me stop. I'm starting stuff already, ain't I? Verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. So they're going to back us up. All right. It says, whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Now, he has given him keys. Why? Because he has a revelation. He understands who he is. When we understand who he is, then we can operate with the keys. But then he said, with those keys, the keys are from the kingdom of heaven. Now, the keys represent authority. Keys represent authority. Keys mean we can lock stuff up and we can unlock stuff. We have that authority. Now, he said, I will give you the keys. He said, now, he, he hadn't given them to him yet. He said, I will give you the keys. There was, there was some keys that still needed to get on the key ring. And that was the key to death and hell. So he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, which means that whatever we need on earth, kingdom of heaven will supply it. It's a colonization thing. Whatever we need on earth, he said, heaven will supply it. The kingdom of heaven is where our heavenly father is. It's in eternity. The kingdom of God is right here on earth. That is what we operate and function in. And we don't bind and loose or we don't permit and forbid just by saying it. It has to be a lifestyle. You can't bind anything that you're operating in. You can't bind Satan if you're operating under his authority. You can't bind Satan if you can't get him out your head. The binding and the loosing is a lifestyle. Verse 20. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Here we go. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it is necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law, the Sanhedrin Council. He will be killed, but on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Verse 22. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such a things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Hallelujah. He said, this will never happen to you. So the title of the teaching on today is called Church Ears. Okay, church ears. Now, there's two different conversations going on here. And they both have to deal with Peter's ears. He asked Peter, who do men say I am? <laughs> Peter gave a response. Then after him asking Peter who he said, who he said, who, who he is, he then began to tell him, I must die. And I must be raised from the dead. Peter proceeds to tell him it's not going to happen. I don't think so. There's eight scriptures in the Bible that have this exact phrase in it that says, he who has an ears to hear, let them hear what the spirit is saying to the church. 
what the spirit is saying to the church or churches. So on one part of this scripture, we have Jesus talking to Peter and Peter getting a revelation from heaven. When he got the revelation from heaven, he heard what the spirit was saying to the church. But then when he goes to tell him that he is about to die, he loses his hearing and starts to hear from Satan. That quick. In one scripture, he's hearing clearly from heaven, and Jesus acknowledges that. Verse 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Say amen. Now, in these two conversations, Jesus clearly, hear, Jesus clearly knows what the Father's voice sounds like. Jesus says, Jesus says, get away from me, Satan. So Jesus has to kill this conversation that is going on in Peter's mind. Now, notice Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. Now, was he saying that Satan, that Peter was Satan? No, he was acknowledging where the conversation was coming from. He was addressing where the conversation was coming from. Now, when it was from Abba, he stated that. When it was from, wasn't from Abba, he stated that. When it was from Abba, he declared Peter blessed. When it wasn't from him, he rejected it he rejected Satan, not Peter. Then he says to him, after he told him, get thee away from me, Satan, the next thing he says to him, you are a dangerous trap to me. You are a hindrance to me. You are a snare, a stumbling block. So when it was Abba speaking, it was useful for him to build a church with. When it was Abba speaking, he was able to give him keys. When it was Abba speaking, watch this, he even changed his name. When he got the revelation, it was Simon. After he got the revelation, it was Peter. So, when it wasn't Abba's voice, Jesus rejected it as a trap. Now, I'm showing you something. I'm revealing something to you. When it, is not G when it is not the Father's voice, you have to reject that voice and see that voice as being a trap. You have to see that voice as being, watch this, a, a, a hindrance. You have to see that voice as being a snare to your purpose. Now, what, what Peter said was innocent. All he said was, if somebody, if your friend comes to you or your leader or your mentor comes to you and say, somebody going to kill me. <laughs> and I'm going to get raised from the dead. Now, you've been walking with this person for three years. Or actually, at this time, it wasn't even three years yet. But he had been walking with him. He had been mentoring him. And now he's telling him that, that the Sanhedrin Council is going to kill him. And all Peter simply says was, heaven forbid, Lord. This would never happen to you. Now, if we can admit this, we, 
We've said way worse things, haven't we? We said way worse things than, I don't think so. We're not going to let them kill you. These nine words made Jesus turn to Peter and say, get away from me, Satan. Why would he do that? Because he knew the voice of his father. That's why he said you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. So Jesus does what? He exposes the directive of Satan's voice. He exposes uh, uh, Satan's agenda. Jesus snuffs out the plan of Satan. He knows what it is. It is to keep us focused on the the human part of life. It is to keep us focused on what? The natural. It is to keep us focused on the temporal things. It is to keep us focused on what is going on in earth. It wasn't that deep. It wasn't somebody coming up to him. Now, it wasn't somebody coming up to him with their eyes rolling in the back of their head, with somebody's head spinning. C- come on, we don't, because we don't hear Satan because it's simple. We try to get extremely deep with hearing Satan. It's just simply him taking your mind off of the kingdom and the kingdom agenda and putting it on things that's going on in earth. Jesus knew his father's voice. He knew the difference between the father of truth and the father of lies. He heard it in both conversations. He's trying to tune Peter's ears into it. Jesus says, seek ye first. Come on now. Y'all going to talk back today. He says, seek ye first what? And his righteousness. And he says, all things will be added unto. He wasn't just saying that to be saying that. He wasn't just saying that. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said, everything else will be added to you. Before he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, he said, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. He said, worry about today. Tomorrow has enough issues. He's letting you know how Satan's voice sounds. He's letting you know when you get to worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. When you get to worrying about tomorrow, you take your focus off the kingdom. And he's letting you know this is Satan's voice. Before he said that, he told him, he said, look at the birds. He said, look at the birds. They don't reap. They don't sow. They don't gather into barns, but your father take care of them. He's letting you hear Satan's voice. We got to develop church ears. We need church ears. We need an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. He said he take care of the birds. He said, look at the flowers. He said they don't toil. They don't do anything yet. He clothed them. Then he said, look at the grass. It's here today, gone tomorrow. Then he asked him a question. Does your father love them more than you? Does he care about them more than you? What is he doing to us? He's given us church ears. He's given us church ears. He's teaching us how to have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. 
It's not that deep. All he has to do is get you focused off the kingdom agenda and get you focused on you. Eve wasn't demon possessed. It was a voice. Adam wasn't demon possessed. It was a voice. The children of Israel, they weren't demon possessed. They were out of Egypt. Pharaoh had been murdered. He parted the Red Sea for him. Then he closed it up on all the enemies, told them that you won't see this enemy no more. Yet and still, the further they got away from Egypt, they began to complain. They weren't, they weren't demon possessed. They didn't have church ears. Adam and Eve weren't demon possessed. They just hadn't matured into the place, Marlette, where they heard their father over Satan. That's why Adam told her, don't touch it, don't even look at it. Let's go to them scriptures. Now, I'm bringing these scriptures out because I'm so in the word right now. Amen. I'm so in the word right now. Matthew 13 and 19 says that a seed was sown beside the road. And it says, and the evil one comes and snatches it away because of what? Lack of understanding. Now, did y'all get to write it down or take a picture? Okay. Okay. Then he says, a seed was sown in a rocky place. He says, these are the ones that hear the word, receive it with joy, but no firm root. But they have no firm root. He says, when affliction and persecution occurs because of the word, he said, they fall away. Now, the seed was sown and they heard. But it was how you received the word. He said, the, the seed was sown amongst the thorns. And the scripture said that they heard the word, but it said anxiety of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choked out the word. I heard the word, but my focus was on getting paid. I had to get the back. I was worried about my bank account. The word was coming, but my mind was flooded by natural things. But then he said, he said, when a seed is sown on good soil, you hear it. And you understand it, and it bears fruit, and it produces a hundred, sixty, a thirty. Then he says, "He who has an ear to hear, let him hear." Then he says, "He who has an ear, let him hear." What does he say? Position your heart, because when the word is going forth, you don't want to let it fall to the ground. Position your heart. You don't want to let it fall on a rocky place. You don't want to let it fall on a thorny place. You don't want to let wealth. You don't want to let riches. You don't want to let money. You don't want to let the world. You don't want to let problems remove the word from you. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So there's a voice, there's words, there's an atmosphere where the Father is speaking to the church. And the world can't hear that. 
So the way that we know if we worldly minded is we hear like them. Seek first, right? Not after. Now, this is important because these next three scriptures are provoked by Peter's ears. We've got three scriptures and I'm done. I got three more scriptures and I'm out. <laughs> Verse 24. I'm so in the word now. Watch this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, He says, if any of you want to be my follower, if you're saying that you're coming after me, if you're saying that you're my disciple, if you're saying that you belong to me, if you're saying that you are in Christ, if you're saying that you are a joint heir, that you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He says, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. Jesus said there's two things that you're going to have to do. He said you're going to have to turn from your selfish ways, say deny myself. That's hard, ain't it? That's hard because we always get the mindset, if I don't look out for me, who's going to look out for me? Come on now. You said it. Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If, if, if I don't take it, who going to take it? What Jesus told you, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. He told you he take care of the birds. You watching it. You see, you see downpouring of rain just for him to feed the trees. Just for him to replenish the land. And we don't think he would take care of it. We need church ears. He, he said there's two things we need to do. Turn from your selfish ways, meaning deny myself. Then he says take up your cross, which means to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Father, which is your reasonable service, the least you can do. Paul came to him and said, I beseech you, I urge you to do this. Then he said, after you have done those two things, AD, he said, you, then you can follow me. He let him know, if you have not done those two things, you are not following me. Now, remember, this is taking place because of Peter's ears. This is taking place because of Peter's ears. He's trying to give Peter church ears because he's about to give him the kingdom. He's about to give him the keys. He's about to, get, he's about to allow him to preach the first message to the church. And before he do that, he has to get his ears right. And so this is taking place because of Peter's ears. Because they were used to try to remove Jesus from Abba's plan for his life. But Jesus got wind of it and used it as an opportunity to minister to future disciples. He let them know these are the parameters. Deny yourself and become a living sacrifice. And when you deny yourself and you become a living sacrifice, this is proof that I have your will. Apostle don't want your will. Amen. I don't want your will. I'm fighting, come on, 
Help. This is proof that he has your will. When you can deny yourself, Father, what is it that you want me to do? Forget what I want. Since we say we live by the Spirit, come on now. If we live by the Spirit, that means we hear from heaven. If we're led by the Spirit, we don't listen to earth. So he sets the parameters. He said, deny yourself, take up your cross, now you can follow me. But he let him know that Satan uses conversations that is laced with a human agenda to pull the father's children out of his will. To bog down our minds with the needs of the flesh. When the Bible tells us we should be spiritual instead of natural. It tells us that we should be uh, uh, spiritual instead of carnal. It tells us that we should seek eternal things instead of temporal things. It tells us that we, our minds should be set on heaven and not on earth. Let's go deeper. Say we need church ears. Uh, y'all don't. Come on. Say we need church ears. Come on, louder than that. Say we need church ears. I'll settle for that. Verse 25. He says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Just, I'm just the preacher. I'm just the messenger. He said, if you try to hang on to your life, Chad, you're going to lose it. He said, but if you give up your life for my sake, because everything the Father does, he does for his name's sake. He does nothing for your name's sake. If you're going to shine in the kingdom, it's going to be because you look good because you're doing it his way. If he's going to take you up a mountain, it's going to be because you did it his way, because you surrendered your will. You were just like your older brother, not my will, but your will. You were like your older brother when you said my meat and drink is to do your will. I don't have a will. So he says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Say lose it. Now, lose it means to destroy it. Lose it means to ruin it. Lose it means it will be lost. So he says, if you hang on to your life, hmm, what is life? What is life? Come on, y'all talk back to me. What is life? What does he mean by that? Come on, I'm taking answers. Come on, say it loud, y'all. Your will. Now, when I first read this scripture, and I seen that word life, I thought it was the Greek word zoe. I actually heard Terry saying... She always talked about the Zoe life. I thought it was the Greek word Zoe, which means DNA, which means the fullness of God. 
the fullness of his life. But it's the Greek word psyche, which means soul. The soul is where we decide what realm we were entertained or mature into. Whether it be natural or spiritual, our soul is where we make a decision of what realm are we going to entertain? What realm are we going to mature into? Whether it be natural or whether it be spiritual. Now, let's reassess that scripture. He says, if you try to hang on to your soul, if you try to hang on to your will, if you try to hang on to your mind, if you try to hang on to your emotions, your appetite, your thought, your agenda, your perspective, your understanding, your worldly wisdom, he says, you would destroy it. He says, you will ruin it. And I'm going to explain that. Because that's what a lot of us are doing. We're ruining our own destiny by trying to hang on to it. You're supposed to have been there. Mm. Mm. You're supposed to have been there, but you're hanging on to it. And if he can't have it, you can't go. Moses knew, I ain't going unless your presence go. I'm not going unless you lead me. As many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. He said, if you hang on to your soul, you're going to lose it. You're going to ruin it. Your destiny, your calling, your assignment, your purpose. Jesus wants us to understand as Abba's children that Satan has an agenda to kill us slowly with concerns and of circumstances that are in the natural and has nothing to do with the spirit. He don't want you to pray because it's spiritual. All right, let's do it again. Come on. The seed that fell beside the road that fell to the ground, the evil one came and snatched it away because you lack understanding. The seed that was sown in rocky places, meaning you heard the word, you received it with joy, but your roots were not firm. So when affliction and persecution occurred, you fell. Then you had the thorny, the, when the seed fell amongst the thorns. They hear the word, but anxiety of the world and deceitfulness of wealth chokes it out, and it becomes unfruitful. Then is, theirs who, then is those who the seed falls on good soil. They hear the word. They understand the word. It bears fruit. It produces 160 and 30. Nobody can stop you from producing but you. Your production comes based on how you receive the word. That's why I say now we're trying to have you have an attitude with the preacher. I'm just telling you the truth. He don't want you to receive the word. So he wants to point out every flaw. He wants to point out everything about the church. He wants to point out everything about this community. Why? So you won't hear the word. So you won't produce. And while the preacher is going to show up every day and do his job, and I'm going to get my fruit, 
going to get my hundredfold. Amen? So he says, but if you give up your life for my sake, he says, you will save it. If you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. To give up means to devote, to give it over. You should know you can't run it anyway. Every time you try, you crash it. You behind the wheel with blindfold on, falling asleep. To save it means you will find it. It means you will find yourself. It means to acquire. It means to obtain, to procure, to find rest for your soul. This is why he told us that your life is hid in Christ. It's hid in Christ. It's hid in you receiving the word. Christ is the word, right? Christ is the word, right? So your, your life is hid in Christ with God. You can't get to God without receiving the word. You can't get to God without receiving Christ. That's been the, the, the issue with church. People have been going to church and they've been receiving the word, but they've been receiving the Bible. You can listen to the Bible, read the Bible all the time. There's no, the life ain't in the Bible. The life is in the word. The life is in the predestined word, the thing he spoke before the foundation of the world. The thing he spoke before the foundation of the world is what created the Rima word. We need logos. We need logos. We, don't, we, don't, we study Reamer, but, 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 but we adhere to logos. Spiritual, natural, spiritual. When he put Adam here, it was spiritual. When Adam fell, it became natural. Then when Jesus arrived back on the scene, now it's spiritual. We don't need the natural. We need the spiritual. The redemption is the turn, return back to spiritual. That's why it don't make sense for the Hebrew Israelites to be arguing about the period of time when it was just natural. It don't make sense. They're arguing that we should be more natural and that we should obey the laws. We can't. And actually, the Hebrew Israelites are proof, scriptural proof, that God's plan failed. They're proof that God's plan failed. He was showing them, I can't do this through you. He, he was showing them after Adam fell, he tried Noah. He didn't say nothing. He just left everybody to do what they think, they, they, to do their own thing. What did they do? Destroyed the planet. He said all he see is wickedness. So Noah came, brought a boat. Eight people got saved. Say grace. Okay. Then after that, he brought Abraham. He tried to do it through genealogy. They failed. Then he brought Moses, and they tried to do it through the law. What we failed. Then he assigned kings and judges. What happened? We still failed. He was showing us, you need my DNA. You need my DNA, and you need to be raised in my household to get what I have for you. That's why I tell you the only reason why the Bible exists is because God wanted to be a father. Make it simple. Keep it simple. This is the only reason why it exists, because God wanted to be a father. So your life is hid in Christ. But you have to give your life to save it. This is why the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. 
for the kingdom belongs to them. When you realize you don't know nothing, when you approach him like, I don't understand, he says the kingdom becomes yours. When you humble yourself to his word and his spirit, let's go deeper. Last scripture. Verse 26. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Watch this. Is anything worth more than your soul? Two questions. Let's deal with the latter. Jesus asked the question. He said, is anything worth more than your soul? Now, Jesus asked the question, but he didn't want to answer. He already knew the answer. The answer is emphatically no. There is nothing more important than your soul. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your heart. You're supposed to have the mind of Christ. Your will is supposed to be given over to the Father. That's why Jesus said, my will is to do my Father's will. I don't have a will. Your heart is supposed to be for the kingdom. He let Jesus, wherever your heart is, that's where your treasures are. In Jeremiah 29 and 13, he said, he said, he said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Which means your, your destiny is so valuable that he, he, he would not give it to you if you seek him half-hearted about it. You can't have one foot in his kingdom and one in the world. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. So he asked him the question, is there anything worth more than your soul? Now, why is he asking them that? Because the mind, the will, and the hearts are the things that the gate of hell attempts to overpower. Your mind is the gate. Your will is a gate. Your heart is a gate. Whoever has those things control you. If your heart ain't in a prayer, there's no connection. If your mind isn't being governed by the word, you can't, you can't, you can't, your perception is off. If your will is not to seek first the kingdom, you're going to miss it every single time. Am I teaching good? Spiritual life is produced when these three are one. When these three are one with our recreated born again spirit. Yes, you are 100% Christ at the spirit level. But at the mind level, this is where Satan is attacking. He's attacking your soul. He wants your mind. He wants your will. And he wants your heart. And the conversation that he has constantly given us is to pull our mind into natural things. He wants to bring our mind back to the earth. He wants to present all your issues, your problems, the money that you need. He wants you to think about 10 years from now. And the Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow. You don't think your father has it set up in seeking the kingdom, wealth? 
I lost you. You don't think in your inheritance is wealth? Your inheritance is power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessings. Jesus died for that. He died so that you can have that. You don't think everything that he wants to give you is aligned in that? So he says, is there anything worth more than your soul? Next question. What does it benefit you if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Say, I can lose my soul? How can you lose your soul? I'll take a taker. I'll, I'll take an answer. How can you lose your soul? Now, we ain't talking about going to hell, so let's X that. Okay? <laughs> let's X the going to hell part. How can I lose my soul? What, well, what does that mean to lose your soul? Okay. All right. To lose means to forfeit. It means, watch this, to damage. He said, what does it profit you if you gain the whole world? What does it profit you? If you gain the whole, if you gain everything that the world has for you, what does it profit you? If you give your mind to the world, you give your will to the world, you give your heart to the world. He says, what does it profit you? Which means after you're done with that, the transaction, what you got left over? Broken heart. A tormented mind. After you have entertained and educated your soul to conform to the world, what now? What's left now? So this means that the soul was created to what? Prosper. That's why he says to prosper and be in good. He says you will prosper and you will be in good health as your soul prospers. The more words you have in your mind, the more you give your will over to him, the more your heart is aligned with the things of heaven. He said your, he said your treasures is in heaven. He said they don't even rust. Can't nobody steal it. This is what's going on with Kanye. Hello. Hello. One statement. They take all his money. This is the, this, this is the rich young ruler. You got everything but this one thing. And so you go making bold statements <laughs> about people where you got your money from. That's why Moses told the king, you're not making me rich. I won't let you make me rich. Because once you make me rich, you're going to say that you made me rich. You're going to say you made me rich. This is what's going on right now with, with Kanye. 
He didn't seek first the kingdom of God. He took his talent. He gave it to the world. The world paid him. And then he thought he's going to come back. He, said, he thought he's going to come back and just be big man. He thought he's going to come back like as if he had some power and authority. No. Took all his stuff. <laughs> he said out of his mouth, I can say anti-Semitic stuff and Adidas can't drop me. What happened? They dropped him. And Balenciaga dropped him. Froze his account. Now he's, now what? Now watch this. What's his option? The kingdom. That's, that's why I tell you, you can seek wealth all you want to, but it's going to come a point in time in life where he's going to snatch it from you. He's going to take it from you because of the way you got it. Because of the way you got it, you don't think you need him. You don't have to come to church. You don't need no pastor. He don't have to listen to nobody. If he had a pastor, his pastor would shut up. Come on now. If he had some wise counsel, his, his, if, he, if he had some spiritual leadership, they would have told him, shut your mouth. Be quiet. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but then lose his soul? He depressed. He don't know what to do. Where's the profit? All the stuff he did. Everything he accomplished, gone like that. Because that's what Satan does. He tells you to take your talent and to give it to the world in exchange for money. What did it profit him? Soul damaged. We need to pray for him now. Now, well, now who going to pull him out? The music, the music industry not. The people who bought his shoes, they're not going to do nothing for him. Now he has to come back to the kingdom. What does it profit a man? This is what we're doing. We are damaging our soul because we don't have church ears. We are damaging our soul. That's why I told you. In 2003, when I came back into the church, I dropped all secular music. Listen, all secular music, because I can't listen to that and do this. I had to make a decision. I can't be apostle <laughs> and listen to Big Pimpin. Come on now. I'm just being honest with y'all. I was damaged when I married my wife. It, it, I would tell her, women come dime a dozen. I got a dollar. When she make me mad, where I get that from? Hip-hop raised me. I, told, I, can get, I can easily get another one of you. I can accidentally get another one of you. That's the arrogance that the music will put into you. Knowing that's a lie. That is a lie from the pits of hell. But, my, but years of listening to them damaged my soul. And you have to understand that as a man or as a woman, that you, the next step is, is, is marriage. And if Satan is feeding your soul, how are you going to do that? 
If Satan is feeding you, how are you going to raise the kids? If Satan is feeding your soul, how, how are you going to walk into your calling? After you have educated yourself and, uh, and entertained all of what the world has for you, and they have damaged your soul, and this is, my, this is the thing I'm trying to prevent, is you getting to a place where you are called to do something, but your soul is not developed enough to do it. You don't have the mind to do it. We need church ears. If you're a woman and you plan on getting married, you better not be watching Bad Girls Club. You better not be watching Atlanta Housewives. You're going to get in that marriage and watch this. You're going to damage your husband. I told you, this is why the Bible told, he said, husbands, love your wives. Why? Because if I don't love her, I damage her. Wives, submit to your husbands because if you don't submit to him, what happens? You damage him. You show you ain't worthy for me listening to you. So every time you say something, I'm going to say something. We have to get to the point where we become Abba's children. And you have to understand, as a man, when you are addressing your wife, you are addressing her as a son of God. As a woman, when you are talking to your husband, you are talking to your husband in representation of your father. How are you going to lead? How are you going to take the mountain when Satan feeds you? You're going to go right up into that mountain. What's going to happen? You're going to present Satan. That's all you got. That's all you have there. You're going to kill your calling. You're going to destroy your assignment. You're going to kill your purpose. Why? Because you allow Satan to feed your soul. So Jesus had to ask him, what does it profit a man? What does it profit a man? Mm. We need church ears. Amen? We need church ears. We need to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.